Welcome back to Refocus with Lindsay Gensel. What you're listening to today, it's a little bit different than the podcast episodes we've shared with you before. This episode, this person's story, is a part of Refocus Together, a special series the team at ADHD Online and I have been working on for ADHD Awareness Month. Every day throughout the month of October, we'll be sharing a different person's ADHD story, which is fitting because the theme for ADHD Awareness Month this year is understanding a shared experience. And I can't think of a better way to really get a sense of that shared experience than by telling a different story every single day. To be clear, yes, that is 31 stories in 31 days. Did I mention I'm a bit of an overachiever? My name is Lindsay Gensel, and along with the team at ADHD Online, I am so excited to present Refocus Together, a collection of stories aimed at raising awareness on just how complex ADHD is and the different ways it shows up in people's lives. When we share stories, it's easier to find the perspective, ideas, and tips that help us live our best lives. I'm interviewing people with varying backgrounds, diagnoses, experiences, and perspectives. We'll hear from working parents, advocates, engineers, writers, PhD candidates, and more to learn that while we may be different, we are all united by our own ADHD journeys. You might know Katie Sue from TikTok. Millions have viewed her short videos about recognizing the signs of ADHD. They are quick, funny, to-the-point videos that show the many, many different ways ADHD can show up in a person's life. Diagnosed at 29, Katie's goal is simple, to educate as many women as possible about the disorder so they can finally get the help and validation they need and deserve because she knows firsthand the power of finally having an answer. It's what pushed her to advocate for herself, putting together an entire packet of observations tied to ADHD for her initial appointment with her doctor. That decision to advocate for herself led to her diagnosis, which became the catalyst for a whole lot of healing, growth, and passion for educating others. Katie's podcast, The KDHD Podcast, shines a light on the importance of taking care of our mental health and explores ADHD's impact on a person's education, career, relationships, and physical health. She has found a community on social, a place that doesn't have the best track record when it comes to mental health, but has given Katie a connection she always knew was possible but couldn't quite figure out. I am so excited to welcome Katie Sue to Refocus Together. When we were starting to put together the plans for this project, which was a very ADHD moment for me, I wish I could go back to the actual moment where I thought about it, but I know that I had to write it down. And then the next morning I was like, yes, we're doing this. And you were one of the first people who came to mind because you're one of the first people that I started following in this space of somebody who's a content creator who's sharing about ADHD. And I'm also a later in life diagnosis. And I just, there's something really refreshing about your honesty and like your candor and your humor with it because it's all of those things you know it's serious and it's sad and it's frustrating and it's funny and you kind of have this really lovely way of grasping all of it so i just i appreciate you so much for putting that out there and for joining us for refocus together and 
I want to start with your own ADHD diagnosis story. What led up to it? Where did some of the, you know, triggers come to kind of start down that path? Yeah. I mean, I think a big catalyst for a lot of people when it comes to being late diagnosed or even just like a conversation starting about ADHD was in 2020. You know, we're all in lockdown. We're all kind of like struggling with our mental health and we didn't know what was going on. And I think we all lost this like sense of control. And so I definitely was one of those people who wasn't like really big into social media at the time. Um, I didn't really know a lot, but then I kept, you know, hearing about TikTok and and stuff like that. And I was in school for graphic design. And so I was really big into like my art and design stuff. And I thought, ooh, I can use this platform to promote like my art and just show people like, hey, I do graphic design. I can design your website or I can make your logos or, you know, just art and just like kind of sharing that. And I don't know, like the, <laughs> the crossover between like small business art TikTok and ADHD TikTok must have a huge like connection there because within like maybe a month of downloading TikTok, I kept seeing like, these videos of people talking about ADHD. And I think the first one I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of a funny video that I relate to. And the first one was kind of like, oh, this is like a funny video I'll relate to, but I don't have ADHD. Like those are just some things that I've, I've experienced in my life. And then, you know, the second one I saw where, you know, I related to everything. I'm like, you know, maybe I should like look into this because, you know, something is obviously going on. I've always struggled with anxiety. That was a huge thing. Like I've always been like, you know, a sensitive child as well. And I think those are things that I was just used to being called, you know, when you're in your own brain, you don't really know what it's like to live in anybody else's brain. And you don't really know that, like, you know, something's different about you because of the way people treat you or things that people say about you or the way that you um, handle certain situations. And I always knew that I was different and like being called quirky and a daydreamer and hyperactive and all those things. Um, and then when you look into it, and when I started looking into it more, I started to realize like, oh, these are things that are commonly found with women with ADHD. And so, you know, then I went into hyper-focus mode. <laughs> I was, and I was 29 years old too. And so it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I would probably know if I had this, right? It's been 29 years. You think that I would know if I had this. And I was kind of feeling like, well, maybe all these things I've been struggling with are connected to something. Maybe this is like the answer to what's been going on. Cause I was definitely like a WebMD kid. I was definitely a kid who was like, there's something going on. There's something, you know, wrong with me is how I felt. Like something was different about me. And, you know, my mom and I are very similar, um, which is very common. And I think that you know, I'd come to her with my concerns or my thoughts and everything. And she was always super supportive, but it always came back to like, well, that's just how you and I are. And so I didn't really get those answers for her. And so then I started really deep diving into it. And I actually sat down one day and I made a list of all these things that didn't really have like explanations in my life, where it was just like a bunch of random things that um, either are hard for me or I thrive in, or just like little things that didn't, like fall into the category as I would say like neurotypical is now. And so I made a long list. And after that, I would just go like, I type in a word and then I go and ADHD and just see how many times those things would come up and they'd always pop up right away. You know, it'd be like, you know, I'm trying to think of the first one I did it was like insomnia or restless legs and anxiety and struggling in school and dyslexia and all these little things that I've kind of like, eventually realized like, oh my gosh, I, all these things are connected to ADHD. And then I started to like, I, 
Sorry. <laughs> like I, You're okay. You're doing great. It's funny because I, I never really thought about how it all kind of worked out and like really laid it out. But then eventually, so I, I put together a list of all these things that were kind of going on in my life at the time. And I just felt like I didn't have answers for and I found reasons why they were connected to ADHD. And I started like talking to my parents about how I was when I was a child and like things that stood out to them. And, you know, kind of going back and doing some like self-reflection and um, looking back and seeing like things that I struggled with. And I think that those were some things that really were helpful to me to show like, hey, this is not something that has occurred because of anxiety and, and becoming an adult and the things that get hard as an adult. It was also something that I had been struggling with as a child. And I think that was really validating for me to feel like, okay, these are things that definitely should have been dog-eared a long time ago. Like it should have stood out to someone as like a warning sign, or at least like, you know, those things that weren't really like cries for help to anybody else. And even though I didn't know that they were cries for help, they definitely were a form of like, hey, this, this, this child needs support in a different way. And so like my favorite stories are like, my report cards that said that I was a daydreamer, I was easily distracted, or I talked too much in class. And, you know, my teacher would move me around the classroom trying to find a spot where I wouldn't find someone I could talk to. And she wouldn't. So they'd eventually just put me next to their desk, or, you know, put me in the front, or, you know, they couldn't put me next to a window because I'd be out looking out the window. And all of a sudden, you know, the bell would ring and I go, oh, class is over. Well, I was just in a totally different world. And I talk about counting ceiling tiles. And it just felt like I, I haven't always had like a very restless mind, but I didn't know that everybody else didn't have a really restless mind. You know, I didn't know. And so I have this like very busy brain and because I'm combined ADHD, I'm like this perfect mixture of hyperactive and inattentive. And so I am this huge daydreamer with this huge imagination that I can get lost in so easily and sit there and like, and I just kind of like am zoning out, you know? And then the other half is that hyperactive side of me where I was a tomboy and I was climbing trees and I was always like looking for sensory, either like digging in the dirt or, or playing in the water or doing something like that. I was such a hyperactive kid and I was labeled a tomboy because I could keep up with the boys or even like be better at them at certain things. I think for me, that was really validating to go back and like look at those things as a child and go like, okay, these are things that can definitely connect back to ADHD and that's kind of when I started making a packet. <laughs> and I know that that sounds crazy, but I think I was so nervous that my doctor, because I had been going to the doctor for about six months before that, because I was really struggling with my mental health and I just felt really lost. And I thought my anxiety is to a point where I can't just like deep rest and mindfulness are not working for me. And all those tools that I use um, weren't working for me anymore. And I think that I was at the point where I was like, I just wanted answers and I just wanted validation and I wanted to figure out what was the root cause of everything, like what was going on. And I think I found that when I found this like community of people with ADHD. And so I went to my doctor and I brought in a packet and I think that she just like took my word for it, honestly. It seemed like it was one of those things where she had known me for six months. She'd known that I was like really trying to do all these things. We had tried a bunch of different medications. She diagnosed me with um, anxiety at first. And then, you know, a few months later, I come back with this packet and I go, you know, I know we just diagnosed me with anxiety. I think you're right, but I don't think we're all the way right. I don't think that's all of that. There's definitely something else going on as well. And so I, I went in there with my little green packet and it had... A, a ton of examples of things in my life from what's going on in my adult life and then also things that were impacting me as a child. And I think she honestly, I just remember her sitting there just like open-eyed and just like listening. And at the end, she's like, okay, 
well, let's figure out a plan for you. And she's, I'm like, okay. And I just, it was one of those things where like, I don't even think she said like, I'm diagnosing you with ADHD. It was just kind of like, she's like, took a deep breath. It's like, okay, well, let's figure out a plan and let's figure out what meds are going to work for you. And let's figure out if we're going to take this route or this route. And I just, I, I think I blacked out. Honestly, maybe that's why I don't remember, but I, I feel like I did. I just kind of like sat there and was like, and I just cried, just like happy tears. And I got to the car. Sorry, I like get emotional just thinking about it now because it was such a good, when you spend your whole life looking for answers. <laughs> and <laughs> no, I, it's, it, I mean, it doesn't matter how long time goes by because we all know this feeling. Yeah. I know the feeling that you had and I know how special it is. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's really awesome. And it's really sad and it's everything in between. Yeah. And it was, it was really, it was really good. And so, um, so I got to my car and I just kind of like took some, just like cried and like was so happy and felt so validated and like heard for the first time because I feel like, um, a lot of times I come to people with my concerns and they look at me and they go, oh, she's so happy and she's so funny and she just lets everything roll off her shoulder. Like there, there can't be anything wrong with her. How could this girl who's so happy and funny and, and makes jokes about things and brings a light into other people's life can actually be suffering inside? And I think that's, <laughs> I mean, just like you said, it's like we all know that feeling of feeling like nobody understands the what we're experiencing on the inside and the struggles that we've been experiencing, because I think that we put on a brave face. It's, it, and that's one thing that I love about my content is ADHD is not easy. <laughs> it is not always fun. It is not always easy. It's hard. It's hard to live your whole life feeling misunderstood or like the world wasn't built for you. And so to get those answers and go, Oh, that's why this has been so hard. It's not because there's something wrong with me. It's just because I'm different and I need to make adjustments because the world wasn't made for me. And so I think that just felt like so good to have those answers and finally go, okay, this is it. And now I can go from here and I can learn how to support myself. And yeah, I mean, that's really like kind of the start of it. And, and that's kind of why it was, gosh, it was kind of funny because I didn't really know how to tell my family and I think we all kind of have experienced that where you finally get the answer and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the thing. This is the answer to all my problems and like not problems, but you know, this is the answer to all the things that have always been a mystery in my mind. And how do I tell the people who love me? How do I tell the people who grew up um, raising me and, and spending time with me and, you know, supporting me in all these ways? And I didn't want my parents to feel like they were bad parents. I didn't want my parents to feel like they really missed out because I, I was diagnosed at 29. I mean, we, we all didn't know. And, I, and like my, like I said, my mom and I are very similar and my dad and I are very similar in another way. He's super hyperactive. And so I, like I said earlier, TikTok was really big. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to make a video. <laughs> and I was just, so I did, I, I set up my camera. I leaned in the camera and I said, um, uh, when people say you don't have ADHD or, or they say you don't have ADHD, I would have seen the signs because I knew I was going to hear that. I knew that people were going to, when I told them I had ADHD, they're going, oh, you don't have ADHD. I would have seen the signs. And it's like, there were so many little signs throughout my life where it didn't seem like big things, but all combined and all involved in my life and really impacting my life 
negatively or positively still meant that I had ADHD. And I, I guess I just wasn't sure how to tell my family. And so surprise, I made a video. <laughs> and um, not only did my family end up seeing it, but, you know, millions and millions of people, I think that video is at like 8 million or 9 million views now. And so um, it's not something I really signed up for in thinking that it was going to be a big deal. It just was my way of like kind of coping with it and, and validating myself in a way. It's like, no, these aren't just quirky things that I do or, or things that I experience. Like these are things that are connected to my brain and the way I live my life. And so when my family ended up seeing the video and my dad didn't have social media at the time. So I called him and I told him and he goes, yeah, that tracks. He goes, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> I think a lot of people were kind of confused and thrown off, but my dad was like, yeah, no, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> that makes sense. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a wild journey. I've, like I said, I, I've only been diagnosed a year. And so I'm still learning about different ways ADHD impacts my life. And also like what I'm comfortable sharing about as well, because social media is just a whole nother thing. But I'm so glad that you got to see that video and be a part of that because, you know, we, we talked a little bit about how ADHD can be hard. And I think that's one thing that I wanted to do with my videos is that it can be hard and it can be scary. And there's a lot of shame and guilt and like a lot of big feelings that come with getting diagnosed. And so I thought, well, I'm going to make a video, but I'm going to like keep it light and I'm going to put some fun music in the background and I'm going to treat it like it's a sitcom where, you know, every new symptom is a new character who's involved somehow. And it, and yeah, I mean, it, it was a really great way for me to like validate myself and then also connect with like the most incredible community as well. So yeah, I mean, it's been a wild journey and I'm, I'm so grateful to be a part of it. And yeah. <laughs> I love that you get to be that light. Like you are that light for the people who have known you forever, who maybe were like, what is this? I dealt with that with one of my older sisters. At first she was like, there's no way you have ADHD. And then as I started producing this podcast and episodes would come out, she'd call me the day after and she'd be like, oh my gosh, that is you. And it's like, yeah, it is. But again, going back to what you mentioned, we're in our own heads and we think everyone is that way. And it's sometimes so hard to even explain some of the things. Like for me, rejection sensitive dysphoria is such a massive player in my life. It's literally something that I'm dealing with every single day. And when you start to say it to people who are not neurodivergent, I hate using this word, but it sounds crazy because they can't in their mind imagine how you can tell yourself that story. Like the story you're telling yourself is pretty out there and it's pretty aggressive, but that's what our brains are doing all the time. Yeah. It, and like, it, it is like, I remember always being called like a very sensitive child. And so, and like, you know, they call me like an empath or, you know, whatever. Oh, Katie's just really sensitive or she cries during commercials or she doesn't, she feels bad that she accidentally like stepped on the slug. You know, those are things that I felt like, and I, I am like, I'm, I'm a people pleaser. I, I want to make sure everybody in the room is having a good time, is comfortable, is funny. And I often put my feelings aside. And I think I did that for so many years and so long that I really like lost my sense of identity in that way because I had spent all this time trying to, you know, not, not, I, I don't know about mirroring because I don't really know how much I experienced mirroring, but like 
maybe creating a space that is safe and, and good for everybody. And that is exhausting. Creating conversations that people feel comfortable with, being that light, being, you know, and you kind of feel like, and even with social media sometimes, I almost feel like I'm put on this like pedestal. And then, you know, you get that imposter syndrome or that rejection sensitivity. And it is hard to explain to people, like, I am terrified about being rejected and I get anxiety and I, you know, all those things. And I, I feel like I'm making it up or I'm doing it for attention. And it's like, honey, if you're doing this in the comfort of your home when no one is around, you are not doing it for attention. If you feel these things every day and you experience them every day, it's not just a little ADHD you have ADHD and you have to find ways to support yourself and, and learn how to set boundaries and, you know, be kinder to yourself. Cause I think we all try really hard to be kind to everyone else and create a safe space for everybody else that we forget that like, this is our life and we need to create a space that we feel safe in. Otherwise we're going to be living in this like world that is not only not made for us, but not where we feel comfortable and not where we feel safe. And so this whole experience has been really eye opening to me because I get to be myself. And it can be kind of scary at times because that rejection sensitivity is real. And, but, you know, at, at the other, at like on the other side of the coin, I have so many people reaching out to me where my vulnerability has helped them in some way. And so this idea of creating a safe space for everybody, I'm also creating a safe space for me as well with social media, with my platform, with everything. And it's been, it's been really great. And I, I mean, I still have those moments. I'm definitely like, human and have imposter syndrome and rejection sensitivity and all those things and I'm still learning how to cope with it and how to handle and support support it in a way but yeah it it's just it's good to kind of hear somebody else you know say that as well because yeah other people don't understand it and it is hard to explain because they're like oh she's just a big baby or she's just sensitive and we're not <laughs> I mean, we are, but we are, we are, but <laughs> cut to like yes. 10 minutes ago when I was just crying my eyes out. <laughs> I, I cry all the time. I think back learning about emotional dysregulation. It's like my entire life. And I think what's been so amazing for me in working on refocus together is every single person I talk to, I learn something new because there's so many different facets to it. And I think you know, we have a really hard time separating what is quote unquote, our ADHD and what is life. And because a lot of that is this gray area where it all blends together. And so that's been like the best part of the online community and the people that I've met through the podcast is like every single time I'm like, okay, I have to write that down. Like I haven't heard that one yeah. yet. You know, like, like learning about restless legs and like restless legs and how it impacts sleep. That was something my dad dealt with all the time and like was on every medication under the sun. And it's like, no, he was just undiagnosed ADHD, like totally fully. It's just so complex. Yeah. And we learn more every day. Like I'm, I, I mean, and that's what I love about social media is because it is, it kind of, it, the way it spreads information, the way that we're able to connect with each other, it makes it really, in a way, it makes it so inclusive because these are things I would have never learned if I just Googled. But if I'm scrolling through it, through an algorithm that is built for me, I'm going to come across something. I'm like, oh, there's another, <laughs> there's another thing about ADHD. And, you know, I, it is, it is fun because I do, we love to learn. 
you know, and I love to learn about my brain. And like I said, I was a WebMD kid. So every time something happened to me, I'm like looking it up online to see if it was connected to something. And, you know, I probably diagnosed myself with 20 different things by the time I was 13. My parents ended up having to actually block WebMD from the family computer. This is back in the day where people had family computers. But, you know, those are, those are things that I'm experiencing where I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I really just needed answers. And I was just looking for them and and didn't know and now now i do i want to ask of the things that you've learned and you mentioned you're still learning we all are <laughs> what stands out as kind of the the biggest negativities when you view how adhd affects your life and kind of how are you working on them gosh the things that i struggle most with with ADHD is definitely like things like the stigma and the misunderstanding of it all. I think I have a really hard time because for me, it's so real to me. It's something I experience every single day. And so when somebody comes to me and they, they like, whether it's a, a comment or something like that, I think I, I really struggle with that because I'm like, how could this person who doesn't know me tell me that what I'm experiencing isn't real? Um, and I know that's not technically an ADHD thing, but it, it really is. I mean, we, I think, we talked about like rejection sensitivity is definitely one of the things I probably struggle with the most. And, um, and social media just adds like a totally different layer to that. And I think that that combined with this like imposter syndrome, those two together, I mean, those are so challenging. And I think that social media, like I said, just adds like a whole nother thing to it. And that, that's something I'm still learning how to like handle. And like I, I mentioned earlier, creating those boundaries, I've never been good at setting boundaries. I'm the person who has a full plate of something. I have my hands tied behind my back and I'm struggling to keep track of the things I need to do. And somebody says, hey, Katie, can you take on this one more thing? I really need help. I go, yeah, sure, don't worry about it. You know, and I'm, that's always how I've been. And I, I'm, I'm learning how to set those boundaries. I'm learning how to like listen to my body and my mind and go, no, like you can say no to these things. And you can say like, I need to put myself first because everything I do under that type of pressure probably isn't going to be good anyway. And I think that that's another thing I really struggle with too, is like this concept of executive function and, and being called lazy and all those things are things I felt my whole life where it's like, just do it. You know, we've all heard that like, well, why don't you just do it and get it over with? And, you know, and it's, and it's still something I still struggle with and I have to kind of create ways to support myself or play little games. And I think that's another thing that's great about, you know, the community is everybody's sharing those little tips and tricks. And so it is helpful, you know, they might not work forever, but they might just be a great band-aid for until they don't work or until you get a routine down or you figure it out. Or, you know, they say like, learn, unlearn, relearn, and then teach. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do is like unlearn all the negative stuff that I felt about myself, learn new information that I'm learning to help support myself, and then also just share those experiences with others. And I think that has helped me a little bit and combated that like rejection sensitivity and, and that imposter syndrome. But it's, you know, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday battle. One day I feel like I'm doing great and I'm like, wow, I know everything. I have figured it out. And the next day I'm like, oh my gosh, I know nothing. What am I doing? Am I doing enough to help these people? You know, am I sharing enough of my story? I'm not replying to enough DMs because I get so many really kind, incredible people reaching out to me with their, with their own stories because they see themselves in me in some way. And so 
I'm like, I got to reply to this person. But it's like, it's such an emotional tolling thing to listen to somebody's story and like see that they relate to you and not have the answers to help them besides saying like, yeah, I, I totally get you because sometimes there isn't an answer. Sometimes there isn't a fix. It's just, it's just, it is. And so it is hard for me to go, you know, I don't have a trick for that. I don't, I, one time I tried this, I tried this and this and it hasn't worked, but I understand what you're going through. And yeah, it sucks, man. That's a bummer. You know, those are things I'm trying to learn is like being okay with like just listening to people's story and supporting them in that way and not having to feel like I have to give them an answer or fix them or help support them in any way as well. <laughs> I love that because that is something I need to work on. I love that you mentioned, you know, if I stretch myself too thin, it's not going to be good anyway. Yeah. And that's like what I'm reminding myself when I'm throwing so many plates up in the air and I'm not really paying attention to what's going up or what I'm committed to or what I'm passionate about. And you're just like, oh yeah, I'm going to help you. I can help you. I can help you. And then all of a sudden you're not helping people mm -hmm. and then you're feeling bad about it. And it's this really lovely snowball that just keeps going. Yeah. And it, and it is, and it, and it adds up. And then all of a sudden you feel like you're drowning and you're like, well, what happened? Like, why, why do I feel this way? And it takes somebody from the outside to go, yeah, cause you took on 20 different projects and you haven't slept in three days and all you drank is iced coffee and, and a Ritz cracker. That ain't going to support you. That's not going to be sustainable. And I think that's one thing I struggle with is finding that balance and finding some way to make, make this sustainable. And it's not easy. I usually don't hear those like warning signs of burnout of like, slow down, stop until it's a little bit too late. But I think I am getting better and I'm getting better about talking to myself in the way of like, I know you want to do this and you want to do this for them because you care about them and you want to show them that you are, are there for them, but you can schedule it two weeks out or you can give them a more realistic timeline and say, Hey, I would love to do this for you, but I have so much on my plate right now that I need to push it out a little farther or I would love to help you, but I just can't. So here's somebody else that can help you or just say no. Like I just, I, I can't, I don't have it in me to do it. And I'm sorry. And those are things, you know, saying no. I saw your face when I said, just say no. You made a face. And I'm thinking, I know that was hard to say no. It is hard. <laughs> I learned a great line from a dear friend because I was asking her, she gets asked to do all these things. And it's like, how do you pick and how do you say no? And she says, I say, I would really like to help you right now, but I am at capacity. Let's talk further down the line or, you know, think of me next time. And I was like, oh, the word capacity, like it, it says so much without saying anything, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, that's it. I'm at capacity. Like you don't have to give a reason. You don't have to make an explanation. Like I'm at capacity in whatever way, it is, yeah. you know, the bag is full. Yeah. And I think that's like one thing is like, um, when you're talking about things I struggled with, that's definitely a huge thing for me is like setting those boundaries, but also like you're, when I was talking about how, when you're doing so much, it's not going to be good when you're pushing yourself past the point that you can, or you're spreading yourself too thin, it's not going to be good. And on top of that, you know, people with ADHD tend to be perfectionists. And that's how I've been called a perfectionist my whole life, especially because I'm an artist. So I, I, I create something and all of a sudden I'm looking at it. And I'm like, this is terrible. This is ugly. And people are coming at me. Oh, Katie, that's so beautiful. That's so great. And I'm just like, look at like, shut up. I know it's ugly. I know there's something wrong with it. Like, and then, you know, and I'm just like, thanks. Yeah. But I, I do that. I do that when I cook. I do that when I do anything. And so we nitpick at ourselves and we're so hard on ourselves. And we, um, accidentally put ourselves on these pedestals. And, you know, sometimes it's better just to do a good job, like less 
do less and just do good instead of doing more and doing like, okay, you know, those are things I'm learning still. <laughs> it's a tough lesson to learn. Yes. If you, if you come up with the mag magic solution, you could make a lot of money. I'm just telling <laughs> you right now. I want to go back really quick. You mentioned the conversation you had with your doctor and I just want to applaud you because gosh, it's like the perfect story of being an advocate for yourself. Like you went in there and you were like, I'm not walking out of here without us figuring this out. And I think that that is just so important. And I love, I'm hearing so many stories from people that their doctors are bringing up ADHD and are talking about it with them. And that to me is like, yes, like, especially for women, yes. like, oh, all these things are going on. Let's look at ADHD because it's just never been that way. And you mentioned medication. Mm -hmm. So what have you done treatment wise? And it doesn't necessarily just have to be medication. It can be routine changes, therapy. What is working for you as you move into this new journey? Yeah, you know, so I, I, I brought that packet into my doctor because I knew I had ADHD and I, at the time, because I had already been like self-diagnosed in my heart and knew that I had ADHD. And so making that list to me was a great way for me to go in there and not like lose track of my thoughts so I could just read it point for point, make sure I didn't miss anything. I wanted to make sure when I walked out of that appointment, I left everything on the table, that there was no question that I wouldn't walk out and be like, oh, I forgot to say this, or I should have said this or that. And so that was a great way for me to find empowerment and be my own advocate. And I, I like, I, I didn't want her to tell me, no, I, I knew what I had. And I thought if I give them examples from my childhood to being an adult, there's no question there because this is something that's obviously been impacting me when I was a child. And so, yeah, it was, it was a great way for me to be an advocate and as far as treatment plans go and like ways to support myself, um, I did a lot of therapy, but um, I actually had a terrible experience with one of my therapists because after I was diagnosed, this is, I was already been diagnosed and then, um, and I've been doing therapy for a long time because I, like I said, I've struggled with anxiety. And so I've been to a few different therapists and I was also diagnosed with complex PTSD because of things that happened to me when I was a child. And so and that's another whole nother can of worms of figuring out like what is trauma and what is ADHD or what is it both? But um, so I went to a therapist and I was talking to her and I said, well, I actually have ADHD. And she goes, she's like, everybody thinks that they have ADHD because of social media. And this is right when I had just blown up on social media. And she's like, I just read an article about how TikTok is making uh, ADHD a trend and all this stuff. And she's like talking crap. Sorry talking bad I almost said the different word but I corrected myself <laughs> she was like talking bad about this and I'm wearing a mask and I I never show up the doctor looking like myself I always look like I crawled out of bed but so she doesn't recognize me she doesn't know that that article is actually about me <laughs> about ADHD and like it blowing up on social media and it blowing up on TikTok and so I'm like smiling through my mask because I'm just like 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 crazy like not like cute smile like okay, what is going, like, this is, and so I ended up not going back, but here's the thing, is I, <laughs> I don't want to discount therapy, because therapy has helped me in so many other ways, that therapist was just not the right choice for me, you know what, I didn't go back, I didn't, I didn't listen to her words, and, and her denials, and, and her thoughts, and her opinions about me, because old Katie, would have went back. Old Katie wouldn't have been able to stop going to therapy because I would have thought, oh, they just don't know enough about ADHD. But to protect my peace and to protect myself, I decided not to go back. So um, we talked about, when I talked to my primary care physician, they actually sent me to a psychiatrist to get like a second opinion to talk about medications. Um, 
I was prescribed Adderall. And I think that there's a part of me that was like kind of excited because I got, I'm like, oh, this like thing might help. Like this thing might actually be the answers to my problems. And then this like wave of anxiety occurred. And I know that there, and it could have been medication stigma. It could have been a lot of different things. Um, substance abuse runs in my family. And so that's definitely something that I was like aware of. And like, you hear all this stuff about people being addicted to Adderall. And it's, and so I kind of was like, almost got like, yeah, anxious or nervous about taking it. And so it took me two months to take it. it I filled it and it sat on my counter and I looked at it every day for two months because I was like, what if I take it and I'm just not myself? What if I take it and I lose my sparkle or I, I'm, I'm different or it's, what if it scares me or it changes me? And I thought, you know what? I've been living in this brain for so long. Like I don't need it. I figured it out. Obviously I haven't figured it out. My life's a freaking mess, but in my mind, <laughs> I thought, I'm okay, I'm good, I, I don't need medication, I don't need it. And so eventually there was something going on and I was like, I'm just gonna take it. You know, I, maybe my impulsivity kicked in eventually and I just like, let's just do it. And so I ended up taking it and nothing happened. I didn't feel any different. I was walking around the house going, when is this gonna kick in? You know, when all of a sudden, you know, the birds are gonna start seeing, the clouds are gonna part, my laundry's gonna get switched over, no. It didn't, it didn't change. So then I started feeling very like insecure, like, oh my gosh, what if I'm wrong? What if all this research I did, all this stuff, all like I was listening to all these books about ADHD on tape. I was doing all this research. I was sharing my experiences on social media and telling people I had ADHD and all of a sudden ADHD medication wasn't working for me. And it was, it sucked. It made me feel really bad because I'm like, why doesn't it work? What's wrong with me? And so I, it was it was a really tough point in my life where I was like, oh my gosh, ADHD medication doesn't even work for me. Like, what is? And you know, so I and I think I heard a lot of mixed reviews about it, and people were saying like, oh, they took it and they felt so great, so different that I was comparing myself to that, thinking like, what's wrong with me? Um, and I ended up going back to my doctor, and I told her how my feelings. She goes, you know what? All this stuff is all happening at once. You're learning you have ADHD. You're sharing about it on social media. You're, you're like kind of trying to change the way you look at yourself and talk to yourself. Why don't we just not do anything with medication for a little bit and just kind of work on acceptance? And I think that was really helpful to me because we talk about awareness a lot with ADHD. Oh, we need to spread awareness. We need to tell people about ADHD. All these women are late diagnosed. There's so many people out there who have no idea they have ADHD. And I think that's great, but that's just the first step. After that is acceptance. And we think acceptance is so easy, but you know, even me, where I am right now and the platform I have and the stuff I share and, you know, going to this conference about ADHD in November, you know, and it seems like it's almost a part of me. I, I still was like, like there'd be moments where I do something and I'd be like, could a person with ADHD go to college and take 16 credits? And, and do well. You know, those little things started like kind of picking at me and making me feel like questioning myself, you know? And so that was hard. And I think that that's kind of everybody's journey and everybody has a different journey when it comes to acceptance and really just working on that was really important for me. So I took time to really accept it. And I remember talking to a different therapist and they were saying, you know, 
you, you have ADHD and you keep telling, you saying this and that about ADHD, why don't you just accept it? And, and so when something goes wrong or you don't, or something is hard for you, instead of forcing yourself to do it, go, this isn't working because I have ADHD. So how can I make this work for me? And that was a huge change. And it's weird because I had already been sharing about it. I had already been talking about it. I was telling everyone I had ADHD, but I think there was still this little part of me that was scared that I didn't. And until I fully accepted it, that's when the healing began. And that's when the real, <laughs> the real journey started for me was like really going, okay, it's not an excuse. ADHD is not an excuse. It's not something that's in your head. It's, this is real. And it's, this is an explanation for why certain things have been harder for you and why certain things have been easy for you. And so when you really take that step towards acceptance and even just like do it for a day, like I've, people have come to me and be like, I think I have ADHD and I don't know what to do. And I'm having a really hard time with acceptance. I go, just do it for a day. For one day, when you're struggling with your, your day and you feel like you can't get anything done, it's like, try to use some of those tools and pretend you have ADHD and go, okay, this is something people with ADHD struggle with. What can I do to support myself? What tool is going to work for me? Or go, you know what? You have ADHD. That's why this is so hard. So let's do something else. And I think when I started talking to myself like that, things really started to like really change. And, and that acceptance really started to kick in. And then I felt like I actually was able to help others with that as well. And I think that's been, been a really big part of my journey and my healing. So yeah, therapy. I'm thinking about trying another medication eventually. But right now I'm really just working on like my own personal growth and yeah, that acceptance. And I think the more I learn about ADHD, the easier it's for me to, to accept it and to understand it. Because I think when we're scared of something and we don't understand it, we push it away and we go, no, 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 this isn't happening. Just like people who are in denial about certain things in the world. They're like, no, 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 it's not real. This is fake. It's not because they don't believe in it. It's because they're scared. And I think I was really scared to actually accept that being made fun of and bullied as a kid or talked down to a kid my entire life wasn't because I was a bad person. It was because I had ADHD. And that is so healing. And I want to also point out that in those moments when you were second guessing yourself and being worried about putting yourself out there and sharing your story, that was your imposter syndrome. I mean, like it really is. <laughs> it's so interesting. You say it and you're like, yeah, no, that's your imposter syndrome because you were having all of these amazing moments and there's that thought where you go, oh my gosh, do I have to go back to all of these people and tell them that this isn't me, that I don't have ADHD, that everything I've said to them at this point, like I'm a liar, I'm a fraud, all of those things come back out and it's like, oh, hey, little voice. I mean, I say little voice, we know it's big and booming and it's... <laughs> And I, I also appreciate that you mentioned not going back to your therapist. I was telling my boyfriend the other day about how I used to, if I went into a, a store, if there was a pushy salesperson, I would just buy whatever it was that they were pushing on me and go back and return it or like to a different store or when they weren't working because saying no or like that confrontation was too much. And he's like, are you kidding? And I was like, oh no, all the time so many returns and you just couldn't fathom like setting boundaries and standing up for yourself is so hard. So like kudos to you because how uncomfortable in that moment and you'll never know like if she made the connection afterward, but like good riddance. I hope, yeah. I hope that she becomes a little bit more enlightened for neurodivergent people. 
Yeah, I, you know, I do too. And I, I think about that moment a lot because I, I was really looking forward to trying EMDR. And so that was the reason why I, I like held on to her for so long. Because she's like, we're going to do an EMDR. Because like I said, at the time I was diagnosed with complex PTSD and, and ADHD and anxiety. And so I was looking at all these different therapies that would help with that. And I, I found a therapist for EMDR and it took me six weeks to see her. So I had already put in the work, waiting, doing all that stuff. She had a bunch of homework packets she needed me to read and all this stuff I had to prepare for before I started EMDR. And so I had put in all this work and typically I would just go write it out. Just, just do this. Don't listen to what she has to say about ADHD because that's only a little part of your life. Let's focus on this stuff. But because she invalidated me and she didn't listen and she didn't believe in it, it, it just felt like, no, you're not the right person for me. And I need to feel safe, feel supported in, in this therapy environment. And I'm not going to get that from this person. I'm not going to be able to let my guard down if the person that's supposed to be listening to me and hearing me doesn't believe me. And so it was a big, it was a really good moment for me because I am, I'm kind of a pushover. And I said, I'm a people pleaser. And so when she said that, I think I was just kind of like, you're going to choose yourself today and you're going to walk out that door. <laughs> and she had a therapy dog. And so it was really hard to leave because I'm like, this, I'm thinking about that therapy dog. <laughs> that would be very hard. Yes. Yes. But you did it. You did it. Yeah. And, and you said, like, today I'm going to pick me, but you've picked yourself every single day since then for not going back, too, which is incredible. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I want to wrap this up by asking you, what is pushing you forward right now? What are you excited about? What's on the horizon that you are hoping to dive into when it comes to your ADHD? Where are you thriving? Like, in the big sense of the word, what's bringing you joy? Gosh, you know, um, my garden is a huge thing. And so I think that that's something that a lot of people with ADHD think that they can't garden. And it's like, but you don't have to be that good. <laughs> like, I think that's one thing that I've been learning is that, like, the resiliency that gardening is teaching me is that I can do something for fun and not be good at it which I've talked about perfectionism. That's something I've struggled with my whole life. And it's such a struggle and I can be so hard on myself, but like having something that gives me like hope for the future, you know, I don't know who said it, but there's a quote that says, you know, planting a garden gives you hope for the future or, or something like that. It was probably like Eleanor Roosevelt or something, but it really does. It, it really, and I'm food motivated. <laughs> like I love food. I'm, I'm, and so it's good for me to go outside and pick a couple cherry tomatoes and, and be outside. And that's really been good for me is to having like moments of peace and then also being able to like accept failure because with gardening, you could do everything right. And like some things just don't work out and you don't have control. And so like letting go of that control has been really good for me. And I know that sounds crazy, but like when something dies, I would be like so hard on myself and and whatnot. And lately I've been like, Oh, that's, that's it. That it didn't work out. It didn't work out. You know, that plant is dead. I got to pull it out of the ground and keep working. And so gardening has been like super healing for me. Um, I'm really thriving in that department. It's been like really smoky. We have a lot of wildfires lately. And so I haven't been able to spend so much time out there and it's been kind of hard because I'm just like looking out the window, like miss you out there. Hope you're doing good. But yeah, I, I think that that's been really pushing me forward is just being outside, being in the garden, learning new skills, 
and like canning and, and preserving and like growing something from a seed and it turning into something, it, it can be really empowering. And I think that that's been really good for me. And then I'm really lucky to be a part of the ADHD conference coming up in November. And I think that has given me a lot of like excitement and hope and, and joy in those moments. I also think connecting with a bunch of people has been really helpful. I've got such wonderful, I call them friends, but they really are my friends. These people I connect with on social media who are creating, you know, ADHD content to empower their, their group and, and their community. And we're all connected in this. And it's, it's so nice to have like a people who actually understand how you feel and what you're going through and can say, yeah, I, I had a really rough week last week and yeah, me too. Or, you know, I have so many people who check in on me to see how I'm doing and, and it's, it's good. It gives me something to wake up to. And I know that it gives me something, you know, that I do find joy in is connect, making those connections because I never felt like I made deep connections ever. I felt like there was always this, like, I, I just told my therapist this, so I don't know if it makes sense. Um, but like, there's always felt like there's like this window pane of like disconnection where I'm so close to everybody and I feel connected with them as close as I can, but they're just on the other side of glass because they just don't really know what's going on on the inside. And so to connect with this community, connect with these people who were, you know, either they were diagnosed early on, so they have all this information on how to help with ADHD and they have all these support tools, or people who are just like me who got diagnosed later in life who, who get the struggle, because I think that's just another thing. Like people think having ADHD is, is hard and it, and it is, and it can be so challenging, but spending the majority of your life not knowing you have it, it's just another can of worms. And so it's just another layer of the onion. And so to connect with other people who understand that, understand that rejection sensitivity, understand that imposter syndrome, understand what it's like for trolls to come at you online, you know, it's so good to feel for once in my life that people understand and that I'm not alone. It's, it's probably the best thing ever. <laughs> It is. It is. I completely and totally agree. A friend of mine that I interviewed for Refocus Together, she said it so well because we were talking about, you know, like thinking about all of the things that we could have done had we been diagnosed sooner, which is a really, I'll say it, crappy path to go down. It does us no good. And she said, it's not what if, it's what now. And it was just kind of that, yeah, we get to move forward. You know, like, I have a lot of grief about all the things that I wish I could go back and change. And it's going to do me no good to sit and dwell on it or ruminate. But I get like this next chapter of knowing how my brain works a little bit better every single day. And that is incredible. Yeah, it, it is. It is incredible. And it's, it's so nice to actually build those connections with people. And that, that window pane, you know, is a window all of a sudden. I can open it <laughs> and go, oh my gosh, today I had this terrible day. I'm in my head and they go, yep, you're doing this, this, just, just breathe. Or, you know, they say like something that can be so comforting and it's just good. Like I said, when I, other people reach out to me to just hear, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, that sucks. Hold on. You are making a difference. You are helping others, you know, and those things go a long way. That, that window opening has changed so much in the past year and it's I'm not only getting to know other people but I'm getting to know myself and getting to like learn how to love myself and adapt and it is like that feeling of 
you know, I could have done this or I, I, you know, if I would have known sooner. And it's like, you know, you didn't. And nobody did. Not my teachers, not my parents. Any the closest people in my life to me had no idea. But now I know. And what, what can I do now? And where can I go from here? And this is just the beginning. And that is so exciting to know that this is just the beginning. <laughs> I feel exactly the same way. I am so looking forward to getting to meet you in Dallas in November at the ADHD conference. Yeah. And I want to leave you with this because I, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that you struggle with this as well. I want you every moment when you open those DMs and there's somebody there that you don't know who has taken the time to tell you that what you are doing is helping them and is impacting their life, I want you to actually accept it. And I want you to take that moment and like live in it because it's so easy to just be like, no, that's not true. That's not really what they're trying to say. And it is. And the voices in your head are like trying to discount it. And that's something that I struggle with. And I say it to other people. Like I, was, I said it to you when we opened this conversation and I meant it. And so they're not doing that, you know, just to like give you a pat on the back. And I know it's just like, it's one of those things, us as perfectionists, as people pleasers, we, we don't know how to accept gratitude and kind of accept our place in life. And so I just want to leave you with that. I, I appreciate in your, in your, it. I really do. In your path for acceptance. Grace and kindness go a long way, but also like be so proud of yourself because like what you're doing is is brave and vulnerable and it is helping people. Thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that. I, it means a lot because I definitely have been in my own head a lot lately and I do get those, those feelings do creep in and those thoughts creep in. It's hard to remember like the other person on this other side of the screen that they are a real person who've experienced the same things as me. And I've been there. I've been that person. When I first found out that I had ADHD, I was like panicking because I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to start. I didn't really know what to do. And so I reached out to people whose content impacted me and said, thank you so much for making this. And I had a bunch of questions and all of that stuff. And so it is hard to remember when I get those messages that they, they are just like me. They, those are real feelings that they experienced. They're not just trying to like, um, like trick me into something feed your ego or feed my ego yeah, yeah. it's like no, yeah. this is a real person who like your content does make a difference the things I'm doing are helping others and that really is the only thing that keeps me going so I do love those DMs but yeah I definitely don't I, it is it's like I never know how to respond or accept them in a way and that is something I definitely need to work on and it's such a good reminder and I think my heart needed that today so I appreciate it so much because you know like I keep talking about not feeling alone and it, it is good to know that people like you, like I'm making these connections with people and I, I have the opportunity to connect with others that didn't make, that felt the same exact way who've been on the other side of the window pane and not make those connections. And now I'm on a Zoom <laughs> with somebody across the state who is late diagnosed like me. And it, it, it's so cool to just really actually relate to somebody and have somebody go, no, I understand that you're struggling with this. And this, you just need to accept it. And I, I will work on it. I'll take the doctor's orders. <laughs> Good. I'll check in in November. Uh, we will have a, we'll have a, you know, a follow-up. Send me the bill. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Katie, this was amazing. And I say fun and it was fun. It was 
also very hard. I know that it's hard to be vulnerable, but thank you for putting yourself out there and I can't wait to connect. And yeah, so thank you so much for joining us for Refocus Together. I appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And it, this was really wonderful. And it was good. Like I said, um, send me the bill because this was like really good for me. It was like, it was like uh, body doubling therapy. <laughs>